The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. We know you enjoy the show, so come support us on patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. You can support the show. And in turn, you also get other benefits. We've been doing some Patreon-only podcasts. We give early rally access. We have a dirt racing league, a bunch of other stuff over on Patreon. And when you sign up, we give you a free sticker pack, DWA sticker pack, with some exclusive DWA stickers that aren't available to the public. A lot of fun stuff over there, and it helps support the show. So cruise over to patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome, and we'd really appreciate it. This episode of the Driving While Awesome podcast is brought to you by radforsale.com, the only auction site entirely focused on the Radwood era. Have something to sell? They are now accepting your 80s and 90s cars, trucks, and motorcycles for auction on Rad for Sale. Have a Fox Body Mustang, Integra GSR, or Kawasaki Ninja? Those are great. They're also looking for excellent Radwood era parts and gear, like wheels, seats, apparel, ephemera, and more. So it's time to start going through the garage. Rad for Sale is a visually appealing and informative auction site with interesting and unique features while focusing completely on our favorite era of the automobile, the Radwood era. Join them at radforsale.com. Offtherecord.com. Fight those tickets. If you don't win, you don't pay. All you have to do is download the app, snap a photo of your ticket, answer a few questions, get matched to an experienced lawyer, and you won't pay for the ticket. Enter code AWESOME to get a nice discount. Welcome to Driving Well Awesome. My name is Warren. I am Lane. And we are joined today by the great JP of Der Fascination and his latest endeavor, which is Bid Nerds. Uh, JP, how are you? I am well, thanks. The great. I don't know about that. I am one of many <laughs> JPs. Uh, I started calling myself JP because my name, my real name is John, John Polnick. But there's always 20 million Johns in the room, so I went with JP, and now I'm just one of many. But thanks. That was Do nice you guys have a, like, my wife is a Sarah, and there's always Sarah with an H and Sarah without an H. Uh, are you a J-O-H-N or J-O-N? Uh, mine is spelled the proper way. It's with an H. That is correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you don't want to fight the non-Hs? Is that, is that a thing? Well, like, yeah, we suck, do get together know? and have uh, sword battles in <laughs> have alleys on the regular. There can be only one, and we're whittling it down. A it's taking a while. Yeah. A duel, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was tagging, I was tagging JP, and... <laughs> I was like searching because I forgot his his Instagram handle, which is producer John. Um, I think that's producer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, John. You got it. Uh, but um, I was typing in J O H. I'm like, oh, it's not coming out. Maybe it's J O N. <laughs> you know, it's like it it is always that 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 struggle. And J O N is Jonathan, right? And when you're J O H N, you're not a Jonathan, correct? 
That's for people who know to spell, and I'm not one of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that stuff. Yeah, um, boy. Well, you know, the, we I have a new TV show coming out called Porsche Road Trip. I know you guys are going to talk about that, but we had but we called it Porsche Road Trip with John Polnick. That's my actual name, but everybody knows me as JP. So it's yeah. Porsche Road Trip. We were going to be like, is it Porsche Road Trip with JP? That just sounded weird, and nobody really knows who That's JP it. is or John Polnick. So we went with John Polnick. I don't know. Uh, I think it's good. We can talk yeah, about we'll get it later. That for yeah. sure. We can talk about it later. We've, uh, we've known JP for, <laughs> gosh, years now. And uh, you are still Las Vegas based, correct? That is correct. I'm coming to you from the Vegas Strip right now as we speak. I actually live on the Las Vegas Strip. Um, do you really? I do. Yeah. Most people I am, that I have are so from many here questions. Don't. What's that? I have so many questions because I almost <laughs> reached out to you guys during the pandemic. I think um, our mutual friend, friend Rami, had posted a video walking around the Strip like, lockdown yeah. you know week one it was insane to see vegas that way and then for you to live on it i mean it's got to be yeah it's extra because vegas you expect crowds and masses of people i think you know for a lot of people in those early days uh you know when you're just driving around a suburban neighborhood it's like oh well it's new year's day nobody's out right it's, it's just it doesn't really feel that different the birds are still chirping everything's just like whatever uh but yeah. in vegas it was in particular because i live on the strip in the downtown area so if you've ever been to las vegas and you know the fremont street experience um i am literally 20 feet away from that right now like if i open up my my deck is right there right to my uh left i just re remember that nobody can see me uh we're, this is audio uh but i could jump off my deck i would splatter onto uh the <laughs> las vegas boulevard and most of my blood and guts would go flying onto the fremont street experience so when they shut it down um of course all the tourists were gone immediately overnight and then what's left is homeless people and not too far from here they have a homeless shelter uh that they put most people in and so all the homeless people went over there and then there were the people the homeless people that were rejected from the homeless shelter and that's what we had left so it was turbo wow. bums down there and it was so walking dead it was Damn. really freaky for a while yeah yeah it it's like nuts. that will smith movie uh, yeah he's in the future. I am legend. Legend. yeah no it I was, am legend. you yeah. aren't kidding man you walked around you're like whoa there was yeah. still a few coffee shops open and stuff like that and i always you know wanted to get out and walk the dogs and stuff and i was like oh, i'm carrying a gun or something jesus nuts <laughs> well, in vegas that's pretty normal <laughs> well, you know but, we uh, all carry two or three guns on us at any time on our hips and all yeah, that. yeah yeah but that hey. place is so that place is you in old vegas though right you're not like you're not in the the you know all the big casinos and stuff well like yeah i mean it's so yes old vegas um so that basically you have uh you have the the Vegas strip that everybody knows of, which is where yeah. like the middle of it would be like Aria and Venetian or whatever, but you keep going North. Uh, and then eventually you hit uh, the Fremont street experience where there's uh, as many casinos. They just built the Circa down here, which is incredible. If you haven't been downtown, uh, I mean, downtown Vegas, Fremont but downtown's street, like better, dude. It's like, it's different. way People cooler. Yeah. It's just way yeah, cooler. Yeah. yeah. But you're thinking old town, Old Town, sorry. You're thinking, thinking Old Town. Of, you're thinking, I think yeah. what you're thinking of is the Arts District where my studio yeah. was. And yes. uh, yeah, 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 so that's, so I'm He's just not right there. No, I'm not there. I'm literally, you know, if you've been on the Fremont Street experience where the, where the lights are over your head and everything like that, that's right across the street. I'm about a gotcha. hundred yards from that. Like they should, so, they should have the zip line coming to my deck rather than to where they have it right now. That'd be that's way perfect. Easier. A little commute. It'd be easier to get down to the, to the uh, wall, not Walmart, the, what's, the uh, Walgreens. Sorry, that's my grocery Walgreens. store. 
Yeah, uh, nice. Um, <laughs> the best groceries at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they so, have the best fruits and vegetables for right? sure. I'm curious um, with, you know, obviously with COVID and Vegas being such a tourist hotspot, um, now we're not allowing other countries to come here, right? So there are people still traveling to Vegas now. I know that's happening, but is it still a weird scene? Because yeah. there's no foreign tourists, right? Well, I mean, there are some, but there aren't nearly as many. The thing that we're missing, the, the thing that makes it completely different is, you know, and look, we've been, they opened that we were, let's see here, when did the lockdown happen? And that was in April or March, April, March. May. So I think mid-May, we were pretty much open in mid-May of last year. So it opened up immediately and people started coming back immediately. We started getting a lot of weird people coming down uh, and it was pretty sketch for a while. But now, you know, for the last four or five months, I mean, you know, we just, it's just been getting busier and busier and busier every weekend. But what we're missing is we're missing the expense accounts. So what we don't have in Vegas is the big shows like SEMO or CES or all those things that bring tens of thousands of middle-aged business guys with uh, the credit cards from the corporate, you know, whatever. Those guys running around to all the expensive restaurants and going to shows and bringing their significant others with them and just spending money that they wouldn't normally spend. So right now you get a lot of value travelers, people that are just, uh, you know, coming to get a cheap room and, uh, you know, take advantage of a lot of the things that are that Vegas does have to offer the car rental guys like the guys that rent the uh, exotic cars. They're murdering it because the nightclubs aren't open. So the young guys uh, come out and they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to drop we do? $500 at, you know, uh, our, you know, the Omni or whatever. So let's go rent a Lambo and be a douchebag on the strip. Um, so that is kind of a thing that we see a lot of right now. So, but yeah, it's weird, but it's coming back. And uh, I mean, you know, Friday, Thursday through Saturday in my home, uh, it just gets louder and louder and louder every night. Uh, it used to be before everything shut down that, you know, it didn't quiet down until the sun came out uh, and it's starting to come back like that. Uh, the DJs are out there and stuff like that, but they're, they're like still not allowing live music, which is the dumbest thing. But I think that ends oh, at the end of the month. So we'll see what happens. Okay. But okay. come on out, come and yeah. hang out. There's still lots to do in Vegas. And uh, so let's go drive some cheap rooms. Is this a time to get a deal if you were going to go? Mm. Are there still deals to be had? Uh, absolutely. Although the weekends are definitely getting busier, the, the casinos have lowered capacity. So uh, mm. if their hotel usually has room for a thousand people, they only have like four floors open instead of 10. Um, but they're slowly opening those up. So the weekends are, are, it's a little bit more difficult to find a deal, but there's still deals to be had. If you want to come out midweek there, oh my gosh, you can stay here for nothing. I mean, but then yeah, still yeah. compared to, you know, year over year, yeah, it's way, it's way cheaper than it used to be to come down. So now is definitely the time to come and visit Vegas and the weather is perfect right now. It's not too hot yet. Uh, this is, this is the primo Las Vegas time. This is like, uh, what are we, the, the Vegas uh, tourist board right here. I need to call uh, my, yeah, my friends so, down there and go, Hey, I think we did this. We did this last time with, we had guests from Canada and I'm so curious about what's going on up there. Yeah. And you know, next thing I realized we're half an hour in, we're basically selling timeshares. Yeah, so, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I appreciate it. And sure. uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Thank you. And, uh, you know, staying out of trouble. No, it's all about good. That, but yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely I getting know, into I trouble. I mean, that's something that uh, is easy to do in Las Vegas. Uh, and we like to, yeah. you know, we like to go drive. We, we don't have the roads like you guys have. Uh, and that is I something really that don't know. I know as like a real Porsche enthusiast, like you got to get out there. You, do. you have that one drive around towards like the lake yep. or uh, Hoover Dam side of things. And then 
that's kind of it, right? I mean, we have we have three runs that we regularly go on. I have a small group, a handful of guys that pretty much every Saturday morning will go out. Sometimes during the week, if we can uh, find some time to get out in the morning, because uh, you know most of the places that we go, of course, on the weekends are full of uh, tourists and police and all kinds of other things that you don't want to be around. So um, you know, but yeah, the Overton Run is what we call it. That's the uh, north side it's really the the west side of the lake you you start off on the on the south end of the lake uh, outside of henderson enter the park and then you've got 60 miles of just beautiful sweeping twisty roads uh that goes up to a little town called overton we always have breakfast at a little restaurant called sugars there in overton if you're ever in overton check nice. them out little teeny uh greasy spoon place so we love them uh and then we'll turn around and uh, do the run back down south um so that's it's just fantastic. Um, it's a great road for, it's kind of a fast road. It's not, it's not super like, uh, I mean, you're, you're definitely third, fourth gear the whole time ripping around. It's, it's felonious, unfortunately. And it's, uh, it kind of yeah. sucks when you're out there in like a GT three or something fast because man, you'll be the limits. Yeah, are so it's just, high, you right? can just rip it. So I prefer to take the air cold cars and stuff like that. And where you can, you know, I, I have a Cayenne, uh, turbo right now with PDCC. Um, and I went out with a bunch of guys in GT threes and air cold Porsches and everything. And I had no idea how well that thing handled. And I think I got myself, um, I got to get rid of that thing. It's just too dang too fast. fast. It is dude. It's yeah. I mean, I, have you ever driven one? Have either of you guys driven one with PDCC? No, no, I don't know. I don't think I have. Uh, they are. So it's a Mark. It's a, it's a nine, five, seven. So it's a, it's a first gen, Cayenne Turbo, but it's the Mark II, so it's the facelift. Had about mm-hmm. 50 more horsepower than the previous version. I think it's like 500 horsepower. I don't know how much torque. Um, you know the stupid Tiptronic. They didn't make a manual one, uh, but it's got that Porsche Dynamic, uh, you know, control chassis, chassis control or whatever. Chassis yeah, control. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, like all my friends, like I'm, I'm, I'm not. You guys way out. You guys have skills way beyond mine. All my friends do. I'm usually the guy that's kind of like in the middle of the pack. I want to be the fast driver, but I'm just not. And I know it. So I don't want to kill anybody or, or myself. So, but we went out in that thing and, you know, on that particular run, I, I think I was the only person with a radar detector or something. So I went first. Everyone's like, let's take it mellow. And all when we stopped, all the guys in the GTs are like, what the f man <laughs> we can't keep I, we don't like jp in the cayenne turbo because it was way too easy it was so easy to just rip on that road um and way out drive my skills and uh I mean, usually in my little 993 i'm working my butt off to keep up with the guys uh in water pumpers but this thing oh my gosh you gotta try it come out to vegas i'll let you drive this thing it's berserker Sounds it's good. absolutely berserker that's kind of like our friend Misha took his X5M mm. on our Coastal Range Rally, and a lot of the roads are pretty rough at times. So when you're in your sports car, you're sort of dodging, you know, potholes yeah. and all that stuff. You just yeah. bombed over you stuff, just, you know, no problem. Yeah, cheat mode. It's Full like 5,000 plus pounds, and you're just like, I, I swear to God, I had a pinky in the air as I'm going around the corner. <laughs> it's just like, and the tires the aren't whisper even Whisper to your co-driver, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, I got this little screen. Maybe I can watch a YouTube. Maybe I can watch my yeah. favorite DWA video on on, uh, <laughs> on my uh, dashboard while I'm driving around the corners. No, it's just totally nuts. You got to drive it. I was watching something on the new uh, Mercedes. Oh, no, it's the Maybach. uh that Maybach SUV, whatever, it's mm. a big GLS basically. Yeah. But it has that chassis control on it. It actually like, and it totally counters the. It the leans turn. into the apex. Yeah, it leans yeah. into the yeah. apex, 
And they were talking about how weird it felt. Yeah, you know? I watched that too. Was that on uh, it Throttle was House? Throttle House, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. that one. Yeah, um, that's pretty amazing, though. I mean, the the thing will yeah. dip. You know, ABC and Mercedes has done that for a while, where it'll like compensate for brake dive yeah. and acceleration, um, even crosswinds. But this is like next level because it's that new forty eight volt system and wow. can make minor adjustments in like a millisecond. You know and have you Pretty guys cool. ever been to the, like the PEC, the Porsche Experience Center in LA or Atlanta? Uh, I have. I don't think Warren has. I've, I've never I've, been. I haven't done the actual thing, but I got a ride around the track. A friend of ours is an instructor there, Dieter. Oh, okay. Dieter Hines. Shout out to Dieter Hines. Of course, Dieter. Right. Um, yeah. He uh, <laughs> he used to own HG Performance. Uh, of um, course he did. But he. Uh, he took us out in a Panamera like turbo hybrid mm. thing, and yeah. you know, and we went full electric one lap, and then we did another <laughs> lap like with the with the motors and everything, and yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, a lot of times they'll they'll load like four or five people into a Cayenne uh, with the instructor, and they'll just rip around that track. That's usually you know like your first uh, that that's most people's first experience, and so you've got you know two three deep in the back seat and two people in the front, and this guy is just like. And it, that's what's so amazing about uh, this stuff. I The only thing that scares me about all that stuff is like, okay, what's it going to be like uh, if any of that stuff ever breaks? I don't want to, I, I, I don't make enough money to be no. able to, you know, no. <laughs> the, uh, the Cayenne, no. cars like Cayennes and Panameras, they depreciate horribly. Uh, and, you know, so you can pick them up for great values. Uh, but, you know, the car doesn't know how inexpensive it is. Uh, so when it comes time to repair that stuff, you know, the repairs are still, a, you know, the, the car still thinks it's a hundred plus thousand dollar car. So when something like an ABC or PDCC or whatever acronym you want fails, one of those letters goes out. Yeah. The, the only letter Bad you news. left with is a dollar sign. That's, you know, that's yeah, you, can, you can walk down the streets and just look at failing, failed <laughs> yeah. ABCs and Range Rovers yeah. with the, the rear ends are all sagging and mm. stuff. And yeah. you know, you can yeah, just that's... count the dollars. It's uh, it's, it's not cheap for sure. Those are great lease vehicles. Yeah. Right. I, so I wonder if that'll change with the, the full electrics just because there's less complexity in a lot of ways. I mean, they're still obviously very complex cars, but you don't have two systems anymore. You just have this one, right? Yeah. And maybe it'll be a little bit more uh, long-lasting, but I don't know. Still you got to wonder and... when you're talking about active suspension components and how much abuse those things take. And with electric cars having so much power. Uh, the, and weight. Yeah, and weight. Exactly. That's a very good take, right? So uh, I, I got to think that those active suspension control individual pieces and units are under more stress and more uh, likely to take damage over the course of time. So those are the wear that, I mean, that's probably the only wear points on those cars. Not much. Yeah. I know there's not much, right? Yeah. It's all the, but just, yeah, from an actual maintenance standpoint, mm. you're right. Suspension brakes, but brakes are minimal. Yeah. Have you and guys driven else? Tycons yet? Have either, either you guys gotten a no. chance on one of those? Have you? No. Yeah. Have you gotten? Have you gotten in there? I have. Yeah. You know, you were talking yeah. about the shutdown and the and, and uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, the very first day of the shutdown, uh, we had to do. We had already scheduled. Uh, to do a shoot for our friends at God and Porsche of Las Vegas. They uh, wanted us to do a bunch of photos and video of the new Taycan Turbo S. They did, it had just come out at the time. Um, so there we were at five in the morning waiting for sunrise on the strip. And of course, what do you do when you got a little time? Let's try launch control. And I will tell you, uh, that is a car that is too fast. It's too fast for people. It's, you know, I felt 
I felt ill the rest of the day. We did two or three launch controls with uh, or with our crew, Lee and Mikey. And oh my God, after that, we just, dude, the rest of the day, I just felt horrible. But it was awesome ripping down the strip because there was nobody there. It was like we had the whole thing to ourselves and we had some amazing photos and video, but talk about eerie. Um, so that's yeah, uh, I've heard that a lot from people with the electric cars and yeah. the Tesla. I've been in Teslas and stuff. Yeah. And I've driven them. But yeah, it's just nauseating, right? It's it is so fast. Yeah. And, I mean, that's the I, I think after a few of those, you're kind of like, all right, what's next too? But you know, yeah, I just think, you know, like you know, I'll tell the anecdote and everyone has a similar story who's driven one, you're sitting at the intersection. Uh, you've got the guys next to you and everyone's looking at you like, oh, you're going to go fast and you hit that launch control and you take off and it's like time travel. You, you kind of blink and, you know, it's like one second you're in one place, the next second until you let off on the accelerator. It's it's like that time, whatever time there was in the accelerator, just that's gone. That time is no longer there. You're now in a new plane of existence and there was what was before and what was after and everything in between is just it didn't happen. You're like nobody yeah. in the in the intersection has even moved. Everyone else that's at the line hasn't yeah, left yeah, yet, yeah. and you're halfway yeah. down the next block. It's just weird. It's and I, total like Star Wars, yeah, hyperboost, yeah, or whatever it's exactly. Called. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, our good friend, uh, our friend with lots of crazy cars. Um, we're not saying who he is because we don't want to get him in trouble. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's let me drive his GT2 RS on many occasions, and you know that car is the same kind of blistering crazy speed. But because it's mechanical and it's linear, and you still have to click the buttons to go through the gears, even though it's berserker speed and your eyes go in the back of your skull, um, it's still just different. There's something about there's something real about it, right? It's uh, yeah, it feels more real, and the other one's more like surreal. Yes, just the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. Have I mean, you know, so I mean and I got to say, you know, like a 991.2 uh, something like the GT2 RS is the smoothest like when you're ripping through the gears on that with that PDK and everybody knows me, I'm a manual guy. Uh, but you know, the PDK just makes it so easy. You just like click 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 and there's none of that like moment where where the weight goes on the rear axle and then back to the front we actually took he had both when he got the the gt2 rs the 991 he still had a 997 gt2 rs so we got a chance to actually take him out on the out in the desert and go out and go rip them both together and in the 997 gt2 rs you know it, it it's almost as fast but it's a manual. So you're shifting through that gears. And when you're at a hundred and fill in the blank and you hit that clutch and hit the short shift and you're from one gear to the next, even though it's super fast, you're still changing traction from front axle to rear axle and back. And it's terrifying <laughs> when you compare it to the, the nine, nine, one, and you're just clicking through and there's just none of that transfer. It just feels it's too easy. You literally look down and you're like, Oh crap, I'm, I'm going 200 something miles an hour. Uh, I totally yeah. did it on accident. Um, I didn't even realize it. I was trying to catch up to the 997 in the 991. I almost said his name. He took off in his uh, 997, and I'm trying to catch up with him. And it's like click, click, click. And you're just kind of reeling him in. And then uh, I'm like, okay, I'm probably doing 130, 140. I got to let off. This is crazy. I lift and I look down, and it's like 202 after I oh, wow. finished lifting. I was like, oh my God, I would have gone to jail if we got caught. It's so stupid. So, yeah, they're way yeah. too easy to get in trouble. I definitely prefer. I think I need a 924S or something like that. That would be the there way to go. go. Yeah, that, yeah. Then you don't get yeah, in trouble. Yeah. Just a standard 924. 
Right. <laughs> Regular 924. Uh, a friend of mine, yeah. uh, John Doring, has a Safari that he just built. It's a it's a 924 Turbo. So what is that, an 80? Okay. Uh, and Something he rebuilt like that, the yeah. engine, repainted it, did everything, and he made it a Safari. And he's going to be putting that on BAT or something like that uh, pretty oh, soon. Cool. But maybe I need to convince Rad him to put sale. it on Rad for Sale. Is that a car for Rad yeah, for yeah. Sale? Yeah, or absolutely. is Safari too current? No, bring it on. You think? Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about if that because I mean, you know, one thing I think it seems like with Rad for Sale, it's all genuinely period correct. And when you guys have cars that are from the '80s but have kind of modern sensibilities, like you had that uh, Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. Yeah. yeah. The, what is that called? I'm yeah. sorry, I'm spacing on Concord. The Concord. Oh, yeah. Star, no, it was Star actually, Concord. Yeah. yeah, the Concord yeah. TSI. So you know, he had that kind of yeah. modern treatment to it, and it didn't yeah. do as well as it maybe should have if it were just stock. Or what do you guys think? Yeah, 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 it was a no sale and it definitely didn't do as well as it would if it was stock. But I don't know if like there is a place for that car. That's yeah. a hard one in general. Like I it because it definitely if you look at like the hardware that, that car had, it was really good. Yeah. And well done. Like they took out like it had a um it had rack and pinion steering and those cars came with like worm gear, you know, shitty yeah. steering. It had it had um RX seven brakes and all this stuff. It had all like the right upgrades. But um, definitely it was one of those. It's one of those cars where it was kind of a weird green over burgundy yeah. interior, which is like right there. You're like you like cut your your pool of yeah. people that want that car to like nothing. Yeah. And then and then it has these these mods and stuff. And I mean, the real hot stuff right now, at least in Japanese in I think more JDM than anything else is like getting that unmodified, yeah. you know, even though that is like what JDM cars are known for is modifying them. Mm. People want that Civic SI that's like unmodified because that is the unicorn. Yeah. Right? That's the one, that's the one you want. And um, yeah, it just, uh, I mean, it, that car was definitely worth more than it was bid up to, but it's finding those two guys that want that car. That's a, that's a hard one right there, you know? So and I think cars and bids had a perfect stock great color combo the next week which was white over burgundy mm. and it it didn't even get bit up to what what that one did so i don't know well now you're talking my wheelhouse because we are doing uh a, that was you were on our show when uh our show bidners we do a daily podcast yeah. well and you the, guys featured ours yeah and the white one yeah. that's why i brought those two up because I think ours went up to like 7,700 or something, and the white one only went up to like 7,000 on Cars and Bids. I think the white one was, would have done really well on your platform. I think Cars and Bids yeah, is the wrong I, platform for that car. For sure. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that's kind of more of the car where you can get the full value, but then you're talking about Porsche 924s or Porsches. Porsches do pretty well, like regardless. Almost anywhere and they think, are, yeah. yeah. Can I, can I plug I think, my uh, bid nerds so people know what we're talking about? No, you're not allowed. Dang it. Oh, a lot of new people. <laughs> Gosh, darn it. No, let's talk about bid nerds. I, uh, I, I find myself uh, getting into it. I, uh, It's definitely one of those shows. I know you do it on YouTube, and I want to watch it every day because of the way the format is. So why don't you 
tell us a little about. Sure. About. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, we do. Uh, my, my, my partner, Michael Deeb and I, uh, we do a daily uh, video podcast on YouTube called bid nerds. Uh, we started about the nine o'clock hour every day. It's a live show on YouTube. It is a video show. So uh, what we do is we pick the most interesting cars of the day on all the automotive enthusiast auction platforms from bring a trailer to of course, rad for sale. Um, and uh, we just, you know, there's so many cars that are for sale every single day on all these platforms. Now it's hard to kind of dig through them all and see what the most interesting things are. So we kind of whittle it down for people. And then, you know, you know, we nerd out on those cars. Michael Deeb is an expert. Uh, he's been in the car business for a long time and really does deep dives on the car. He knows like history and horsepower and all that kind of stuff. I don't know anything. I just know, I just remember stupid oh, stories about when I uh, broke most of those cars when I was a kid. Uh, so I like telling stories like that, but we don't, we nerd out. We try to nerd out in a way that's not too nerdy. It's not horsepower and performance. It's really, why are these cars interesting? And most of them are, are not brand new cars. Most of them are older cars, things that are in our wheelhouse, the rad era stuff, and uh, maybe earlier, maybe a little later. Uh, we nerd out on those cars. And I think the most interesting thing about our show or what we try to make most interesting is, think, is that we make predictions as to what we think the hammer, uh, what they'll sell for when the hammer hits the sound block at the end of their prospective auctions on that any given day. And that's fun. That is, it's like Price is Right rules. Mike, Michael and I we compete with one another. He makes a bid. I make a bid. And then at the beginning of every episode, we go over our bids from the day before. So we're not like the weatherman. that's just like, eh, I got it wrong. Who cares? I'm not accountable. Every day we start with, well, we're idiots. We don't know what we're doing. And uh, <laughs> we love to have experts like you laying on. You come on the show fairly regularly and we appreciate that yeah. uh, and play oh, along. Damn. Warren, you want to come on? Yeah. At any time. Dude. All right. Brother, dude, Warren would be good at it. Right, Warren's, good. Warren's good at that stuff. He'll be a third He's nerd. A, he, He's like a value expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty uh, fun. I, I've been on probably like four or five times now. Yeah. And I think I'm going yeah, on you might, you tomorrow might as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's super fun show. And uh, it is fun to like, it kind of keeps you up to date with what the, uh, I'm sure you guys are like really in tune with what the market's doing right now too. And, and you have a good grasp on what these different sites offer and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it is pretty fun too, to watch. Cause if you watch one day, you want to tune in the next yeah. day to see, <laughs> to see how far off you guys were or how far off you were in your own mind. Yeah. Right. And it's a, it's a cool, it's a, it's definitely a cool premise. Um, and super fun. It's a game show. I mean, it really is yeah. a game show and I will, to be perfectly honest, I have to give you guys credit for kind of coming up with the concept because uh you know you're you guys used to play a game and i think you still do it your two car solution three car solution i love that game it's something that that everyone who's a car enthusiast can play along with it's like all right i have x amount of money and you give these parameters and then you're like okay which car would you have if you could only have two cars that have to be german and you only have thirty thousand dollars go any yeah. car enthusiast can kind of get along with that. And, and, and the algorithms just circle around your head, like the movie, a beautiful mind and everyone has a different answer. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, when we were coming up with an idea for a, a podcast, Michael and I wanted to do something. And I was like, man, you know, all these auction sites were on here all the time. I had sold a car on cars and bids and, you know, all my friends were like, everyone was given their guesses as to what, they thought it would go for. And I was like, Oh my gosh, we could do this every day. It's just, we never have to come up with ideas, you know, for what we're going to yeah. talk about in the podcast. We just turn it on, pick five cars, go. I mean, yeah. any one yeah. of us can just, 
you know, be dropped in. Although Michael Deeb does a very good job introducing the cars. He actually does homework. I do not. <laughs> oh, he does tons of homework. He, he always has all this history, like yeah. when they started, how many horse, how much, how much horse. He has notes full on. Right. Notes. Yeah. So, yeah. He, he starts uh, out. He does his work <laughs> and he comes up with really insightful um, things like they had a Jeep Wrangler on the other day and a Del Sol and then a 70s 911 Targa. And he goes, you know what? <laughs> to be honest, I'd rather have the 911 than the, either of those cars. <laughs> And, You're like really, and I'm like watching it. And JP, I'm so stoked. JP called. JP's like, "Are you? Oh yeah, really? You think so? You think you'd rather have that than a ratty Del Sol or a, a, a Jeep Wrangler? Like what the? Is there, is there anything know. worse than the guy that's like, okay, we're comparing a Miata to an MR, you know, like a 2001 MR2? you know, mid-engine. Yeah, which car is better? And then the guy hops in and says, I'm good at news 2000. Well, yeah, they're yeah. twice to three yeah. times as much, of course. I, would you... I'd rather have an NSX. Yeah, yeah. you think? Duh. Yeah, no. Yeah. So uh, Michael Deeb yeah. is a very intelligent guy. Sometimes I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> Dude. No, uh, that was just fun. like one little thing, but it like I think I text uh, JP right away. I was like, I'd rather have the 911 too or something. So, so how's a, the uh, once a day thing treating you? I mean, grueling, that's a, quite a man. commitment. It's grueling. I mean, I'm not joking. That's like pretty gnarly. It is. Every, every you know? day. And starting at nine o'clock. Oh, that's a job, dude. dude. It is. And, you know, for nothing, nobody watches and, you know, nobody cares. Uh, but we do it for fun. It is a it is. You know, it. You guys know more than anyone. It takes a long time to get a channel to happen, and uh, there's only there's so much more competition these days. I was and, gonna say, especially nowadays. Like if you you know started five years ago or right. something, but man, there's yeah. like. But five years ago, there weren't auction podcasts. sites like there are now. So it's kind of like you one would of those. Just be yeah, eBay and bring a trailer, and that's about it. Yeah, and you know? who would care about that? You know, so you know, so we'd have been competing against you guys, and we would totally lose against that. So. <laughs> I, you know, I think now is the time. I think we just need to get the word out. We've done a poor job getting the word out. Uh, so I really do appreciate being on your guys' show because you have a great audience. Yeah. And we think that anyone who is a fan of DWA would also be a fan of uh, the Bid Nerds. We really want to encourage more audience suggestions as to cars that we should talk about because you know deep and i pick the cars kind of i wouldn't say randomly but we don't do it it's not like we're sitting there going okay where are we? But we go through well, okay that's interesting that's interesting that's interesting we try to mix it up but we really want audience suggestions and and it's really really fun when people in the comments put their price you know their bids and uh try to compete against us because everyone's better at us than uh better that at it than we are and so that's just a good time and we like to reference audience members and that kind of thing so um yeah so let everybody know bid nerds monday through friday yeah on youtube Uh, yeah the premise is so cool it's a it's just it is hard to explain it in 10 words right yeah so that's i think that's a that's a difficult that's a problem you'll have yeah Doesn't and then like even I mean, like just... having people like have you bid on have you guys guess on cars yeah you're like well it has to end today yeah after 10 but before you know after 9 9 a.m but before 9 a.m the next day because <laughs> yeah then to talk about it it has to you know there's like a well whole, you know i mean it's not thing. uncommon for cars to close during our show like you know sometimes yeah. some of the early cars they'll Which close just super a, you know, cool. 20 minutes later but whatever you know that's kind of fun because we're we're coming in at the 11th hour to say where's it going to end so it's usually pretty close and that's where you start to see you know you'd mentioned yeah hey you probably paying a lot you're probably seeing the differences between the platforms and you're absolutely right because one thing that has become very clear is they are 
different animals from one another. Uh, BAT has late stage rallies very often, uh, whereas cars and bids very rarely it happens, but usually, you know, and then there's your guys's auction site, which is still kind of in its infancy. And so it's kind of finding its place. And we've seen, you know, inconsistent results when it comes to, are you going to have a late rally or is it just going to fizzle out? We don't know. Um, and yeah. so as you guys add more and more cars to your platform, it gives us more data, but you know, uh, P car market is completely unreliable. Uh, sometimes they just murder it. And other times it's like, what the F um, the only consistent thing we've seen there is that it seems like cars that are in, you know, cl the closer you are to New Jersey, the better you're going to do on P car market. That's about the only thing that we found that's any kind of consistency at all. I think what we're seeing is people uh, can literally go down to, cause they're a dealership when it comes down to, they actually have a dealership. So you can go down yeah. and actually look at some of the cars that they, that they uh, represent. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what's going on, but I don't know that for sure. I, I don't know for sure that that's what's causing East coast cars to do better than cars everywhere else in the country. But I mean, it makes sense, right? Um, it's a lot easier to bid on a car that you've actually seen than it is on something that you haven't. Um, so yeah, yeah sure. and cars and bids, it seems like Doug DeMiro's site, he struggles with having a younger audience and people that, you know, cause he, He's weird and that's cool from an eclectic point of view, but you know, his audience, because it skews younger and he allows newer cars, newer cars, like late model Audi, you know, sports cars or, or BMW, stuff like that. Those are cars that are still contemporary and you can go get a normal loan on. And that's what you, you know, if you're a 20 nothing kid, um, who's coming up, you have your first uh, professional job, maybe you're making a little bit of money, you probably don't have $20,000 to go buy a used RS4 or something like that. So you got to go get a loan. It's pretty hard to go apply for a loan and do all that stuff on a car that you don't even know if you're actually going to win the auction. So I think that's what happens with a lot of these more contemporary sports cars that they that Doug seems to like is that they kind of fail to fail to launch because his audience just doesn't have disposable income. Like BAT buyers are sitting around. They're all guys that are my age. They're in their 40s, 50s and 60s. They're already in disposable income territory. So they are just looking for the car that they wanted in high school. Uh, there it is for 50 grand. They have that. They don't have to go get a loan or any yeah. of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What are you guys seeing on your platform when it when it comes to your audience? How is that breaking down? That's a good question. I think it depends on the car. We definitely had some younger, like Radwood attendee demographic that'll just want to get rid of their car and start a new project. Yeah. And we've seen no reserve auctions like mm -hmm. that. Um, and then we've had some some people who have never done anything like this before mm. like you know literally getting photos of their car is a new experience <laughs> um they, yeah. they don't do instagram yeah. they're not familiar with how bring a trailer works so we yeah we've seen all all angles and um it is funny to think about we're so used to it now like you have a, a actual monday through friday podcast focusing on online car auctions but yep. six years ago like when bring a trailer was starting this and ebay was the only game in town the amount of education they had to go through to make people understand how this works and to trust it and to take good photos and how important that is. And it's just like every little thing. Yeah. You kind of take it for granted, especially in our world where we're like Instagram is the first thing we look at and we're, you know, we know what a good photo looks like and we appreciate good condition cars and stuff. Um, 
someone in Maine will think a car is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And someone in Las Vegas will think that's the worst car they've ever seen. Yeah. So yeah. it's a very, it's, it's a strange thing, but we're, we're learning. And yeah, like you said, it's still in the infancy. I mean, we're two months in basically. Um, and every day we kind of learn a little bit more and just kind of slowly ramping it up. So we we're yeah. stoked to have you though. And, um, to shine some light on it with all of your millions of watch you all know, our yeah double it. digit uh <laughs> viewership yeah uh, <laughs> tens of bid, bid nerds <laughs> but i mean no I, i'm serious though it's, it's nice to have like a you know a little light shined on it so we love it, it. we love the audio what's that one of the hard things is getting people to take good pictures mm. like that's just a, a thing we didn't anticipate you yeah. know and uh and uh you know people struggle to do that it's and very though, difficult. You know, Even someone a, with a good camera and a good eye, they just don't take the necessary photos that you would want as a sight unseen buyer. Yeah. It's like, okay, you got, yeah, you got a couple pictures of the interior, but um, how about a picture of the odometer? How about a picture of the sunroof? How about, you know, it's like, yeah. and we are so used to bring a trailer and uh, just online, good online auctions that you see an auction with a hundred photos. You're like, Gosh, I wish there was like twenty five more photos. Like I <laughs> right. want to see underneath, yeah. underneath the spare tire. I want to see like you know that angle underneath the car. I want to see this, but um, yeah. So you kind of take what you can get, and you don't want to be too pushy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guys, I really think there's an opportunity there uh, it, because looking at all the auction sites, I mean, BAT is still the tops, but their quality level. Has, is spiraling down. You know, they're a big publisher now. They're doing so many cars. It's harder for them to do QC. Um, you know, cars and bids, you know, it's a top-down philosophy. You've got someone like Doug DeMiro, who is the least aesthetic person in the car business. I mean, you look at his videos and, you know, I, I, I like I like Doug DeMiro. I like his videos. I think they're great. But I get a little insulted that he's, however, you know, 10, 10 years in and he still hasn't upped his production game. It's kind of like, do you care about us at all? I mean, you know, he's he's in the back of a Kmart parking lot and it's raining on a, you know, With vector one or something tripod. Like that. Yeah. And his audio yeah. is all messed up and it's just bad. You know, it's like, dude, step up your game. So if his aesthetic level is down here, that carries over to his site and he lets, uh, you know, a stupid, um, I don't know, a CRX with, you know, that's rusted out and has a terrible pictures right next to, you know, some kind of six figure car. And it just brings the level down on the whole platform. And I think there's an opportunity for him to level it up and he's not doing it. And so you guys come in here, you guys are in the perfect position to say, all right, if you want on, uh, we are only letting hot chicks in this club. All the dudes are waiting in line outside. There's nobody in here, but there's five hot chicks and 500 guys in line to get in the nightclub. That's how you fill a nightclub because there's only hot chicks in there. Um, yeah. So I, I really think uh, is, is difficult. Uh, and this is unsolicited advice. I'm just, so just tell me to shut the heck up. Cause what do I know? I don't have an auction site. I just, it's easy to criticize or not even criticize, but throw advice. Um, but yeah, I think that's where the opportunity lies is to just make it really hard to get in. Uh, and that will bring the better stuff uh, because Hemmings. Oh my gosh. What an S show. Uh, that auction well, can site. Can you imagine is. their demographic? Oh my gosh! It's I, I always say that the, their demographic is the guys who bring lawn chairs to car shows, um, yeah. and you know they just they don't care. They're they're. they're Although I have a Hemming story, real ooh, quick. I, I was I meant to tell this on a podcast in the past, but an old customer of mine at my last shop, he's into um, Studebakers. I think it's Studebakers. Yeah. Anyways, he had a Studebaker of a 50s Studebaker wagon. He 
he listed it on Bring a Trailer. It failed to meet reserve mm. at thirty two thousand. I think the reserve is thirty five. So he waited for a while and he put it on Hemmings, and thinking that I'll just set the reserve at thirty two and I should have let it go. Whatever, mm. no big deal. Eighty grand. Wow, Whoa. that's amazing. Thousand dollars on Hemmings. That's the demographic. He, that, yeah, that's finding I, I know. finding the audience, right? Wow. I could not believe it when he told me that story. I mean, imagine that you you go to sell your car on Craigslist yeah. and you can't sell it, and you're like, <laughs> I guess I'll put it on the consignment lot, and someone offers you twice more than twice as much as you want. Yeah, it's like that's insane. Totally crazy. So, anyways, I don't know what that says about Hemmings. I haven't really looked much. I looked at their site a little bit, but um. I think that is the demographic for that car, right? For like, sure, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about that sale because we don't offer those kind of cars. Yeah. But man, um, well, so, like what we know. said before, right? The audience is guys. Which bucket of guys with money are you going after? Are you going after guys that are 40s and 50s that are looking for the nostalgia play, uh, or are you guys looking at the geriatric crowd? And I mean, okay, eighty thousand dollars for that car—that's great. Obviously, that's the best money, but whoever bought that car is probably going to die in a year or two, and that car is yeah. going to get, uh, you know, his kids are going to inherit that. It's going to wind up right back on uh, BAT, and it's only going to get sell for, for 30 grand. grand. It's going right. to get yeah. 25 at that point. 25. Uh, yeah, and, and no, even you, the Hemmings guys are going to be dead, and they're not going to be around to yeah. buy. But at least it'll have, like, a little, like, a little doll a inside. Yeah. It'll have oh, a new, yeah. like, a Marilyn Man- a Monroe <laughs> cutout. Yeah. I almost said Marilyn Manson. A collage of <laughs> pictures on a... On a, on a clipboard exactly. yeah. Hemmings uh, has like, you Hemmings Hemmings has you send photos to a PO box. <laughs> <laughs> they fax them. I think it's Oh fax, my right? god, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah polar. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I did want to bring up in, in like the same subject, but you uh you guys on Bid Nerds a few weeks ago, there was a really cool Fox Body SVO Mustang. Mm. And it was a super rare factory. Yeah. Basically GT like 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 Porsche GT car, yeah. but and it had a factory cage. Yep. Um, and it was an SVO with a factory cage, like, I don't know if it had Bilsteins or Coney's and all this stuff. It was like basically a, a white label race car, yeah. essentially, that they sold. And it's one of like 20 something cars. Yeah, I think built. it was 23, and right? It, yeah. And, and it was on BAT. And I'm like, I was watching that. And I'm like, that's a car we need on Rad for Sale for yeah. sure. Because I feel like they didn't, basically, it wasn't talked up at all. It on, wasn't even in the to, headline. It wasn't even a headline. It just said SVO Mustangs. So yeah. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Like that's a good looking. That's cool. It's an SVO Mustang if you're into that. But it was a very like special, rare one. Yeah, like a factory it, race car. Yeah, be like getting a Club car. Sport 911, thinking that you're just yeah. buying an '88 911. You're like, oh, it's a Yellowbird. Uh, maybe you yeah, should have yeah, mentioned yeah. that in the ad, you know, because it's no, fifty thousand or a million. What's that? Especially with like American car, car, it's like it's one of those things. You, it feels like you could go like that would be a hundred thousand dollar car or something. I yeah. don't know. It's like. It had this, and and it you had to dig really deep to even see what it was, and that's what these guys did on Bid Nerds was they dug into the ad and like, and found that out, and uh, you know that car with better pictures and having that in the headline and really talked about, I think really could have done something, and and it, I think it was like it sold for nothing. Like, yeah, it was under twenty or something like, like that, and I agree with you, probably like, a six figure car. Yeah. That car. Uh, is a perfect example, and I'm glad you brought that up, of how you have a lowering of the quality level on BAT because they're just getting so much volume. They got to hire writers. These writers don't necessarily know everything about the car, so they missed it. You're talking about a geriatric owner who technology is not his friend. I mean, he had his thumb in almost all of the pictures. Even I looked at that car initially. You know, that was a car that Deeb had selected, 
And I just thought it was an SVO that someone tracked. And I thought, oh, this just looks like a beater. It's got a roll cage in it. And then Deeb's like, no, man, that's from the factory. And there's one of 23. Guys with Mustangs will tell you their car is rare when it's one of 4,000. You know, so one of 20. And if it has like a sticker package, it's like one of (laughs) 300 with the the pinstripes. And this car was 22,000 miles on it. And it's it's sold for 15. Under 20. Yeah, it was such a. uh, And I sold though. It was no reserve. Sold for 15. Yeah. So someone stole that thing. I I wanted to buy it, but I was busier that day and I didn't go back. And I mean, I'm kicking myself in the butt. That was a rare opportunity. You could have murdered with that car. I feel bad for the old guy because there's a comment. There's the perfect storm of bad. You know, nobody in that scenario knew what the heck they were doing. Uh, And had that guy known and submitted the car to you guys would have been a whole different story because oh, you guys would have, have been, played that up. That would have been huge. Yeah, yeah we would have made like a fe- feature film. Uh, you know, right? You could have you know, you you called like, the Durfascination guys. Produced by JP. Come out and made that thing. I exactly. would have shot that. Heck you yeah. can tell he's old because there's like tire slime all over right? the yeah. oh, right. <laughs> All over the tires. Yeah. <laughs> like making it all shiny. Hey, JP, you mentioned uh, you, were, you were a buyer on that SVO if you uh, weren't busy. What kind of cars are you looking at if you're not looking at Porsches? Because I know... For the listeners uh, who don't know, you're you're Porsche centric. If uh, that's putting it lightly, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, in and out of rehab or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? it, so what what other cars are you like on your radar and you would consider owning and driving? You know, it, really stuff that you guys like. It's that it's those '80s cars. It's those early '90s cars because you know when I was in my 20s, when I was when I was lo- young, like you guys. <gasps> Uh, you know, those are the cars I wanted. I wanted a Starian. I wanted a, you know, I would love to find a Fiat 850 Sport Spider because that was the first car that I ever owned, you know, and that's a, you know, cliche. The, you know, 40 something guy wants the car he had in high school. And even though the, I had to push that car as many miles as I actually drove it, um, I, <laughs> I still want one. I don't know what I would do with it. I don't know where I would put it, but I want one. Um, yeah, exactly. But I've accident, you know, and it's it's not like I'm buying that many cars, but, you know, I have accidentally bought cars on like cars and bids. Cars and bids, there's always, it seems like there's still opportunities there to get a decent price on a car. You know, I bought a, um, I don't know, what the heck was it, like a 2007 328XI with a manual. And I bid on it at like six grand thinking, oh, it's going to, you know, have a late stage. And of course it didn't. And there I am. I've got, and it only had like 60,000 miles. The car was perfect, you know, so that was a great car. And I wound up driving it for a while and then ultimately selling it. But, um, that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm usually looking for, you know, I really want a Scirocco uh, 16 valve would be awesome if we could come, if I could find one of those, any of those eighties kind of uh, Volkswagens, any of the Mark twos are fantastic. Uh, and it's weird because we have not seen those really shoot up in value. Um, Corrado's Scirocco's, all that stuff. Uh, they pop up on auction sites from time to time, but they don't bring big money. But I will say I haven't seen, we really haven't seen many clean anything. Those cars were cheap for so long that they, it's hard to find a clean one. So um, there was a 16 valve, not a Scirocco, but Corrado was a Japanese market. Um, it was, I want to say it was a 94 Corrado with a 16 valve engine. I didn't even know they made those in the oh. Japan market and it was left hand drive. And it had low miles and it only went for like 16 grand or something like that. And I was like, what in the world? And I definitely would have bought that, but I was on a zoom meeting with a client. And so I missed it. And it was like, Oh Mm. God, 
Um, that sounds like a cool car, <clears throat> right? So it doesn't have it doesn't have the G ladder problems and all that. Correct, stuff. or any of the early VR6 issues and stuff. Yeah, so and it was yeah. a slick top, and it was a manual, and it was black wow. on black, and it had the the cloth the cloth inserts that had some kind of funky '90s pattern on it. You know, I mean, it was just yeah. the it was the it was such a unicorn. Whoever got that car, wow. I'm so jelly. Uh, would love to have had that uh, in the parking garage. That would have been great. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I want to, uh, we definitely want to go down the road of your latest endeavor, um, your road trip. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but maybe we should answer a couple of these questions and then get back to that real quick. Yeah, before we'll we yeah we got questions. Let's do it. We got a, just a couple. We, we actually asked this morning, so we'll see. Um, make sure these are all current and up to date. Yeah. All right. First question comes from Bobby Reed with the cars. I'm racing at a track in the middle of nowhere, Oregon in July and plan to camp in the back of my expedition. My idea of roughing it is staying in a hotel with a bad room service (laughs) wine list. So do you have any tips for camping in an SUV at the track? Um, I do. I do. Memory Um, foam. JP, are you a camper? Uh, I was a boy scout. Uh, I, uh, you know, so I I grew up in the Northwest. Uh, I spent a lot of time out in the woods getting wet. Uh, that is a thing, but, uh, I haven't camped a lot lately. I will say being a short guy that I fit in almost any SUV. So throwing some foam in the back and a sleeping bag, no problem for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's definitely where you want to start, but I I do have a couple tips. Um, one thing that you will thank me for is bring a eye mask and don't sleep with it all night. But when you wake up at 4.45 in the morning and the sun's starting to come mm. up and you kind of can't sleep, then you throw it on and you get like an extra hour. So eye nice. mask, number one. Number two is one of those camping showers. And you don't use it to shower unless you're, you know, Bobby, if you want to <laughs> show off the goods at the in the pit lane. But uh, just to have water at your site that you can wash your hands with, you can wash your face, uh, you spill something, whatever. Having a like water on hand is super key. So maybe like throw that up on the roof rail or something and it'll just hang down and you can use that like a little sink kind of. Um, and the other one is uh, mosquito nets for the windows. I don't know if they make them for expeditions, but like my van again, we have ones that we just slide over the door mm. and then you can roll the window down and it's full mosquito net. So July in Oregon, middle of nowhere, it might be kind of warm and you're going to want the windows down, but mosquitoes suck. So there you go. There's my three tips. Solid. Um, and then obviously, and then go all in on bed. Don't go like sleeping bag and a thermarest. Go like comforter, uh, p- your pillows from your house. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. Get comfortable because uh, why not? If it's just you and you have the space for it, like, mm-hmm. yeah, get involved. Use the studio space, you know? Yeah, so, and sure. be short. Curious to know. And be short. Yeah, that's exactly. Good that's good advice. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, chop down those calves. You're at, you're right on about having those windows cracked because that's one thing that sucks about sleeping in a car is that you go to bed, it's dark out, uh, and it's the temperature is great, Ex- but yeah. any little bit of sun comes in and woo, it just warms Bro, up inside the car oven. fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anything to add, Lane? Uh, take out the seats to your 944 and make a bed. <laughs> yeah, that works pretty well. You know, I did that, JP. Slept, slept in the 944. Yeah, in the passenger Oof. compartment, I took out the seat and I put memory foam to make it even with the back seat. Wow, like all the way. really? And uh, I was able to fit. I was like, had to like, you know, bend a little bit. I'm six feet tall, uh, but yeah, I slept through the whole night. It worked. 
That's pretty ingenious. They make like foam, not foam, but like inflatable things that fit in the back of SUVs and, and trucks yeah. that Contour. make it all even and stuff like that. Um, I saw those at SEMA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly where I saw it. Yeah. Too. I was like, oh man, I think I need one of those because I mean, I, I, it's entirely possible with a Porsche habit that I could wind up living in a car because <laughs> should have taken. Well, a especially pair if you drive that Cayenne long enough. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, yeah, to, the, yeah to I could totally shop. live in that car. Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, Lane, do we have any pictures of that experience? Was that at my bachelor party? Yeah, it was. I don't think so. There's not one photo. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that's amazing. How it did you sleep? How did you too. sleep, Lane? Was it was it? Did it work? Are you? Oh, it's totally this idea? Yeah, yeah. I, slept, I think it worked. I slept as well as I ever do camping, which is, you know, I, I'm not the best camper, but uh, I I totally slept. Yeah, it worked well. The greatest car for yeah. camping that I've ever owned was I had a Volkswagen Thing, and I had one of those um, those fold out like uh, cots, and with the back seats folded down in the thing, I could place the cot horizontal, not long way, but horizontal. Uh, so that my feet and head were hanging out over either edge of the of the, oh, of wow. the vehicle, and I had all this room for extra stuff next to me. I didn't have anything cover cover me up. I just slept under the stars, but I was up off the ground, so I didn't have to worry about bugs. and And the cot was actually nice. pretty comfortable. And Warren, you're absolutely right. Home pillows. If you have your pillow, you can sleep just about anywhere. Yeah, yeah, everyone's like, oh, I'll just bring my camping pillow mm-hmm. and you get it and it's the size of a coaster yeah. and you're pissed. Yeah. And don't like, just yeah. bring and sleeping bags suck too. Like bring up bring up yeah. comforters and stuff, especially exactly. if you're in a car like and that. And memory yeah. foam, all the pads you have, like just make it hum- super comfortable. Your car camping, yeah. it's all good. Solid. Uh, Monty 23 PSK says, pick one as a team. Recording a DWA podcast in the car, uh, doing a few actual race laps at Lemons. So he says like, who drives, who holds the mics? Is there a back seat? Ouch. Or recording a podcast at the DWA studio in total pitch blackness, sharing and passing beers and beef jerky. Name some example of what might happen with who. That's where it gets creepy, like Art's grabbing our junk and stuff and oh, wow. in the dark. I don't know. Well, I just figured he would spill every beer instantly. Oh, that's true. You see, we haven't recorded in person in so long, we forgot that that's a thing. Art is ah. like a habitual beer spiller. It's insane. And he'll put stuff like on the edge of the table. You're like, dude. Just said yeah. it. Like, well, no, his the middle. His biggest thing. So, JP, when you're sitting, you know, for breakfast and you have your your coffee or your your drink or whatever, you're supposed to place it. You know, if you're right-handed, you place it to the left and in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. Like so, kind of like across or at least up. And he puts it right on the edge, <laughs> and he's right-handed. And then he goes and he talks, and he's moving his arms around. And he the thing flies off and. And classic all over so we classic. have to teach him this stuff like he's a small child the dark room is really the like... way to go because you could pass gas all yeah. you want and nobody would know. <laughs> oh yeah so yeah, that's a yeah. definite benefit nose, to that yeah. well, and we have yeah. beef jerky so it's definitely happening uh, isn't that also, isn't that what yeah also pants are optional just want to say <laughs> i mean dark, they certainly no are right now <laughs> Uh, exactly exactly i, I think, think the lemons video. race would be the the way to go that that would be very entertaining we would need we would need cameras as well but yeah. um as far as who's driving it would be funny too to have them like mic'd up we could like ask them questions and oh that'd be hilarious you yeah, can't that do that though fun. there's no there's not passengers and lemons you're not a lot of or backs especially not backseat but passengers I, I have gone um four people at autocross and oh, okay. Jeff, Hay- Jeff Hayford's M3, uh, E36 M3 sedan. Yeah. We went multiple people and you can do that. So I was thinking you could do minivan or, um, 
what's the fastest like three row vehicle? Probably one of those. The, the only thing is only being like 45 seconds or whatever an autocross is a minute and a half. You're like, basically it would just be a bunch of screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not asking a lot of like long, uh, deep dive questions. No, no. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that. Um, Bill Midstagram says, when will the used car shortage ease up? How will it affect normal non-GT 996s and newer P cars, as he says? For Porsche, for Porsches that are not quite classics yet, is this the new normal? Or do you see the regular cars coming back down? Hmm. So you've seen the 996s obviously are, are moving up and everyone, we've been talking about that for years and everyone's saying, hey, you got to buy them now before they're... They're expensive, and here we are, right? Yeah. And 997s have moved crazy. Well, yeah. look, everything has. And so the big question you have to ask is, are prices going up because people are looking for value and the shortage in the used car market is real? Uh, and that it's, uh, you know, that's an issue given that uh, new cars obviously production has been lowered on all of those. So uh, that's putting a lot more force on the uh, used car market. But the the thing that you, I think the other factor that you got to ask is, is this an inflationary push? Is, you know, the prices of not just Porsches, but everything, not just enthusiast cars, but the cost of coffee and gasoline and houses and, you know, commodities, durable goods, non-durables, prices are going up in general. How much of that is because people have disposable money uh, because they haven't been spending it in the last year? How much of that is that uh, there's just a lot of money in the system? And, you know, I mean, inflation is a thing. How much of a thing it is right now at the moment? Well, that's a bigger question. Um, and so there's, I think there are a lot more factors uh, looking at this market other than just supply of specific cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, a, it's a weird time right now. I don't know. I was just reading an article. We talked about it on the last podcast about the chip shortage affecting inventory at, at yeah. car dealerships. And they're saying that not only will that take a while for those cars to actually come in and fill those dealership inventories, but the ripple effect is going to be all the way till next year. Yeah. Uh, we may not have actually seen the, the, the low, effect of it yet the, so major, the full effect yeah yeah good time to be in like the used car dealership business i think well i um, mean yes except that they can't get inventory it's very difficult I for mean, a used yeah. car dealership to find cars to sell and then here's another factor that's really kind of messing uh, the used car market up is that the valuations of these cars are not uh, keeping in pace with what uh, the bank values are, you know, so the NADAs and the KBBs of the world and the Edmonds, they are not, they're always slow to move uh, when it comes so to valuating cars. Yeah. So it's very difficult for people to get approved on cars that are 20, yeah. 30, 40% over what they book. Uh, so people are having to come up with some big down payments in order to buy those cars. So does this yeah. affect, uh, in turn, does this affect Radwood area cars? Because they're having to buy, people were like, well, you know what? I'm just going to daily an older car, like an 80s car then. Because I can't, you know, I'm, I'm having to pay so much. And then does that raise the value of a, a G body in turn, you know, or whatever? I mean, a rising, a rising tide raises all ships. So, in yeah. uh, you know, especially if we're talking about an inflationary rise, uh, everything's, the prices are going to go up. So it really becomes a matter of 
real dollars uh, in an economic term versus uh, value. Uh, so that's, yeah, G bodies, man. I mean, the prices of those are just ridiculous. SCs are going for fifty something thousand dollars now. Uh, when that was a twenty five to thirty, you know, thirty five thousand dollars. The best SE was thirty five thousand dollars just six or seven months ago, and now we're talking fifty or sixty. I mean, uh, yeah, my is brother that- bought one for thirty, like seven months ago right i mean yeah. you know and you wish you filled a warehouse full of them back then uh but totally. uh and 996s too it's like yeah. those were 15 20 000 bucks for a really nice one yeah i don't know i haven't watched that market too closely but well but what happens in a situation where you have a correction whether or not you think that's going to happen or not you know in just all markets but you also have an inflation at the same time you're going to have people dumping commodities things like you know, house prices or gold prices or crypto prices or stock market, all that stuff. People, when they all of a sudden need money, they're going to get rid of the things that they don't need, like stocks or a G-body Porsche. Um, so at some point, we're going to have an equilibrium. Uh, how big a deal that will be, you know, and I don't want to be, uh, I'm not trying to scare everybody, but, you know, there has to be a correction at some point. Anything that goes up has to come down. Uh, but we are in a unique situation, again, because there's so much money in the system. Uh, and usually when you have a bubble, uh, you don't have a bunch of cash floating around that wasn't there at the same time. So that's going to be, are you going to have inflation, then stagflation and a drop? I mean, it's just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you really got to yeah, be an you, economist to figure this stuff out. I think when in the car market, when you really see it, you know, it's like right now, uh, a mid-year, even like a 77, which is a horrible year if you're in, you know, you know, in California or 76. Yeah. Say. Cars that you have to smog. Uh, those things are crazy prices. And that's kind of what you see when, when there's this like almost the market's a little, like you could say fake or, you know, it's not true to what it should be, like right. the value, because it like, like you said, it rises all ships. It even rises the shittiest ships yeah. that shouldn't be floating. And uh, you kind of see that. And that happened five years, four years ago or so with Porsche. And then it kind of like, it kind of went back to normal, you know, yeah. like the, where the, the normal stuff was like, all right, that's obtainable again. The, the good stuff, you know, the rare stuff, the GT cars, the, the 87 G body with the, you know, with the, the good transmission, yeah. all, the G 50, all that stuff is like still high, but you could still buy a, a 77 for, for a reasonable price. And uh, now, right now you see it where everything's just crazy expensive and, you know, like a, a a 997 Carrera, plain Carrera is expensive. And yeah. uh, where before it was like, yeah, GTSs were expensive cars, 997s, but it's everything true. else was, you know. Yeah, an so. 05 997S six months ago was, you know, if let's say it had low, you know, 50,000 miles, give or take, you're talking about a 35,000 maybe 40 on the best day. It was the best car, best color combination, everything, you know, 40 is like, Oh my God, you got 40 for it. Now you're looking at 60. I mean, it's just straight up. That's all it is. It's going to be 60 grand. Um, So it's, uh, things are Same with housing market though. Like people were buying houses in crappy neighborhoods and house you wouldn't even look at a year ago and now they're like oh you know there's a bidding war on it and yeah. it's selling for crazy price yeah. so so yeah plan accordingly guys if we had the, if we had the answers we would uh we wouldn't yeah. be talking about yeah it. that's why we're all car yeah, that's why we're doing a podcast and not getting yeah, paid the exactly. big bucks right yeah exactly exactly um 
Big Fat Flip has a, a weird one here. Uh, Keurigs, do you take the K-cup out after you're done or leave it in there for the next person like a monster? <laughs> uh, first of all, Big Fat Flip, uh, it's the year 2021. You might want to think about something less environmentally impactful than a Keurig. Yeah, they okay. make... Uh, yeah, get an electric compo- Keurig. They make a... They make 100% composable pot. Oh, yeah. Things, as long as you're doing that, but still, you know. Get an espresso machine and learn how to pull a cup, uh, pull a shot. Come on. There you go. I haven't used go. a Keurig for four years or something, but when I did have it in somewhat of an office environment, um, dude, a lot of times I would forget, like, a fucking animal. Because when if you pull it out right away, it's super it's hot. hot. So you want to yeah. wait, mm. and then you end up just walking back to your desk and uh-huh. drinking your coffee rather than, you know, hanging out. So Warren, you're reading it all wrong, man. Those Keurig uh, little cup thingies, um, those are totally pro environment. What you need to do is as you remove them, you need to build affordable housing uh, on the, uh, yeah, out of those um, on the parking strip out in front of your house or business. Cause you guys are in California. People need homes. Are you just anti-homes for homeless people? Is that what you're saying? like a little like half and half cups yeah you know, at the yeah See? <laughs> now, thing, right? now you're coming online this is environmentally sound i'm sure this is okay, the way okay. you're supposed to be doing at, it i was yeah. looking at it all wrong yeah exactly all right last last question and then we'll get to porsche road trip here um <laughs> brickyard garage says i just pulled out a 10 pound dumbbell and two large rocks from under the seat of my most recent car purchase whoa what's the funniest thing you found left behind or lost by a previous owner of a car you bought We've answered this question a couple times. So, JP, if you have any answers, uh, any used car weird, like, things left behind? Man, you know, and I've bought, had purchased a lot of cars over the years. And I got to say, I've never really found anything very interesting. That is a, that's a great question. And I will say that usually whenever I sell a car to someone, I'll usually tell them uh, as we're partying and waving and everyone's happy. I'm like, when you find that $10,000 I can't seem to find, just give me a call and I'll come and pick up the cash. So I'm waiting for the day that I find the big wad of money stashed under the seat. Um, that's, you know, some drug yeah. dealers or something like that. Never found anything good. Yeah. Combs, wrenches, yeah. stuff like that. Nothing I haven't good. either. Brian found a hyperdermic that was me. needle nice. in his... Uh, that was me. Up? Yeah, my Mighty Max came with a brand new hyperdermic needle. Oh, yeah, but didn't Brian find one in the vet? I thought he did under, when he took the season. Oh. Is that the vet that he got in Vegas back in season yeah. a Perump. few years back? Perump. Perump. Don't yeah. sully the name of Vegas uh, with that vehicle. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, Perump, man. Perump. I mean, yeah, you would definitely expect to find some some interesting stuff in the back of it. You know, the yeah, problem with digging around the, a used car that you just bought, the best thing to do is you get a used car, send it to a detailer immediately, and have them shampoo and everything because it's just a lot of DNA uh, down there and I don't <laughs> want any of that. That's you. Yeah. 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 Good call. Yeah. Uh, all right. So <laughs> tell, tell listeners about Porsche road trip. Um, it's something you've been working on for gosh, quite a long time now. Years it's, now, it's, right? It's out. It's available. It is out. We didn't. So, okay. I'll let everybody know. Porsche road trip is a television show on Pluto TV. You can watch the entire first season right now on demand. The official, uh, the official premiere date is May 28th on Pluto TV on the chassis network. That's Adam Carolla's network. And his network is, uh, it's basically a car show network. Uh, he does, 
he does documentaries about Paul Newman and all kinds of racing. And you see Rod Emery's old shows on there and that kind of thing. Uh, so they were kind enough to, uh, to help us kind of develop a show and they picked it up. We have been making the Nation film series for years. We made the first season of DF films. Uh, and for those of you guys that don't know, DF Nation is a YouTube channel that we started back in, gosh, like 2016 or something, 17. Um, and it was short films that very much like Petrolicious. I was a contributor for Petrolicious um, and I, I made a few films for them. I got a contract with them, delivered the first films and they were rejected. Uh, they were terrible. I really phoned them in. And uh, when I fixed them, I looked at them and said, eh, you know what? I'm not giving these to Petrolicious. And so we decided to start our own channel. Uh, and that's what Def, uh, Nation turned into. We made the first, you know, 15 films or so. Uh, and then we got, uh, we got backing to make a second season. And before we published that season, um, we wound up developing the TV show with Chassis Network and Adam Carolla. So thanks, Adam Carolla, for uh, believing in us. And uh, so we created this television show. And it really was a way to take the DF films uh, and kind of put them together in a half hour format. You know, it's 22 minutes with the commercials and stuff. Um, and what we did is I, I literally went on a road trip to all the different cities that I'd made all these films on and filled in the blanks by hanging out with friends like you guys. Uh, Lane is in an episode. We have a we have some B roll from one of your guys' films from one of the Coastal Range rallies. I've got friends like Sir Mix a lot up in Seattle is on the show, uh, and then a bunch of people you've never heard of. And they're all just this show is it is technically a car show, but I really tell people that it's more of a love story. Um, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's it's kind of like. Um, Parts Unknown with Anthony Bourdain. I'm no Anthony Bourdain, but we kind of model it like that, where we go to a specific location and talk to the people that are in the community in that area. And we have conversations and interviews and fun. We drive the Porsches around and I talk about the areas and why they're great for the community, for, for the car community. Um, and we just, man, it's just, it was just such a, a magical, great time. It was a great way to just combine all this content that we had uh, created and make something bigger than the original uh, concept. And then we delivered it to Chassis and it was supposed to go on Pluto TV back in March of 2020. But uh, what happened there? <laughs> Did um, anything happen? Oh, St. Yeah, Patrick's maybe. Day, right. Yeah, it was there was a holiday or something. So, uh, you know, Hollywood yeah. stuff and uh, all the things, other things that happened just kept getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. And frankly, I, I just started to just go, you know what? I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I'm going to hide in a hole and not tell anyone just, you know, forget that it ever existed maybe people won't notice that my show's never going to go on and then we got a call literally from uh the distributor gosh like two or three weeks ago and they're like oh yeah pluto put it up like what <laughs> they didn't give yeah, us yeah. any head headway we That's didn't do funny. any promotion we didn't even know they're like yeah it's there on demand already they're gonna do a big oh push God. uh for memorial day weekend uh, but yeah, it's there. How weird after all that time. <laughs> yeah, it's such, but that's, that's Hollywood, crazy. man. They just, that's the way it works sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. that's what I always say. Yeah. It's Hollywood, man. It's Hollywood, man. Say, <laughs> so to get, to get Pluto TV, um, how, how do people get Pluto TV? Cause Good I, question. I, I did it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of smart TVs come with Pluto. Pluto is the third biggest streaming platform, uh, third next to uh, Amazon and Netflix. Uh, they are owned by Verizon. So lots of smart TVs come with the Pluto app 
already installed. If you don't have the app installed, just uh, go on your smart TV and and add it uh, as an app, just like you would Netflix or any other streaming platform. Um, right now, the show is a little difficult to find because p- the Pluto platform is interesting. It's different than uh, than Netflix and Amazon. Netflix and Amazon, everything is on demand. So if you want to find a show or a movie, you got to find it, select it, watch it. Uh, whereas Pluto is kind of was built for cable cutters. Uh, so it really has a format that's more like the old school cable where it has a, has a menu and it has all the different networks and the shows that are airing then, you know, just like an old school TV show. So, uh, you can watch the, the chassis network or you could watch the romance show network or history or whatever channels. I mean, there's hundreds of channels on there and it's really pretty neat, but they also have an on-demand button that doesn't have a search function. It's maddening. So if you want to find uh, the Porsche Road Trip right now and watch it on demand, what you have to do is select Pluto TV, then on the top, there's live and there's on-demand. Click on the on-demand. That will bring a big old list of categories on the left-hand side, from dramas to romance to whatever, travel shows. Scroll so all the way to, to the bottom. Story. Go to love story. Yeah, go to love stories. <laughs> exactly. Uh, precisely. That's why I tried to get them to put it in that category. Yeah, no, go yeah. all the way to the bottom. We're like just above bum fights or something. Uh, it's the cars category, and you'll see my ugly mug on one of the uh, thumbnails, two or three in Porsche Road Trip. It's just me with this dumb look on my face in front of a car. Click on that, and you have all eight episodes you can binge watch binge watch porsche road trip john polnick you're truly today do you get do you get paid more if we watch more uh we do as a matter of fact that it oh, literally yes right. um, just leave it on just leave it on yes just keep it going. absolutely if you want to keep your cat company or if yeah, yeah. Uh, and yes please okay. by all means to know. have it rotate through because yeah uh, we do rev share so commercials do play on the show and we do get a piece of that which is what episode cool. are you on, Lane? Do you know? Uh, it's the NorCal episode, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I, I believe it's called Bay-ish, and it's like either Bay-ish. three or four. Um, oh. It's honestly, it's one of my favorite episodes in the series. Uh, it's probably the most romantic one. Uh, it's got, uh, <laughs> it's it really is, and I throw it out there because it's like, I, I was digging through footage when I was making that episode. There was parts of, you know, we have like Ren, uh, Ren Sport. Uh, footage in there and there's a whole bit about being down there in Monterey it was just like we were out in Big Sur and I've got this footage of just you know all these Porsches and just a mate that was such a magical time we were all there uh, and uh, yeah I wish we could go back to before times this show is really a time capsule of before times uh, the way things were yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. I watched a few of them so far. I haven't watched all of them. But, oh, thanks, man. Um, it's cool, the whole structure. And there's this segment with the professor where he talks yeah. about, like, a Porsche. So I, one, he was talking about the 914 and kind of like gives a little – it's just him voicing over, giving a whole lowdown on the Porsche 914. And that, so there, it has a cool it's, – it's not like your normal – you know, like your normal YouTube channel show or something like that. Right. It feels more of like a, like a real, real show. Um, and John uh, voices over the whole thing. And I think that ties the whole show together really well. So I think without that, it would be more like your standard YouTube kind of thing, but he voices it over, talks about visiting us, driving while awesome, recording the podcast with us. There's footage of us like pushing out cars at Ruben's place up in the hills. Mm. Um, and then the cool, I love it. The There's a little vignette at the end of the episode. And it's like Art saying something dumb on the podcast because we, we were all recording <laughs> the podcast outside with John on the show. And oh, uh, yeah. and so it was all, all of us sitting around, you know. Oh, that was the, the credit deck. segment. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was in the credits. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I usually put bloopers yeah. in the credits. And then uh, just before the credits, I always do this thing. Uh, I do a monologue at the end of every show. It's about a minute and a half monologue. It's like road trip ramblings. You know, when you're in a car and you're driving for thousands of miles, your your mind wanders and, and the weirdest things come into your head. And so that's always a fun way to kind of end each episode with some weird thought that has something to do that's with good. cars. But we, we really didn't want it to be like a car show. You know, most car shows are bunch of dudes buy a car they have to fix it in time for the end because it's going to go to an auction or or you know richard rollins or some you know it's a bunch of just d-bags with uh, gold chains yeah, and yeah. you know horrible sensibilities it's nothing like that at all we, you know we don't talk about horsepower and and all that normal car stuff it's really i don't know we try to have different conversations and you know like lane you had a lot you know i i loved your contribution to the show because you're like you know we're into cars uh, be for the reason that we want to be in cars is to drive them. You know, you're actually yeah, yeah. in the opening segment of yeah, every yeah, episode. Pre- yeah. Uh, you're, you're yeah, kind of preview. like the lead guy. You're the first guy that has a voice <laughs> yeah. on the show oh. before me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so romantic. That's probably why he is, he yeah, is. I I just cuddled up yeah. to him. Oozes rom- yeah. romanticism. Yeah. It's a fun show for sure. And I think I like, like I said, your voiceover is really good. It's like, you're kind of self, deprecating like you 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 kind of like talk shit about yourself and then <laughs> i don't know it's, it's it has a it has a cool you know you're you're uh you have a little like, comic stuff going on and, uh thanks man it's a it's a it's a it's a fun watch for sure so yeah we try we're hoping that people that don't like cars like the show and you know with the test audiences that we've had for lack of a better way to put it um we're constantly surprised that people that have no interest in Porsches or cars at all are like, yeah, I, I'm watching this and they'll yeah. watch the whole darn things. And, uh, you know, so it's just, I don't know. It's just, you know, they're, they're literally talking about putting it on the travel network that's on Pluto as well. So they might have it on two networks right now. So, Oh, that'd be cool. Cause it yeah, is kind of a travel be. show, right? I mean, it's going to, you know, each yeah. episode is a different geographic area. Uh, and we talk definitely, a lot about definitely. why those areas are interesting other than just car stuff too. So, yeah, cool, dude. Well, Thanks, congrats. Man. I'm glad it's out, and uh, we're, we'll hope for the best. Thank you. All our listeners should go to Pluto, watch Porsche Road Trip ASAP, and just like like we said, just leave it on. Yeah. Just leave it yeah. streaming. You can yeah. watch it online, too. You can just go to PlutoTV.com, and the interface just oh, okay. works there, too. So uh, oh, same perfect. deal. Hit the on-demand, scroll to the bottom. Yeah, you'll find the show. So. Find it. Yeah. Got it. Uh, before we get to trivia, we have some updates, but maybe we should do a Patreon and just because uh, we got the – I went to a lowrider car show. We uh, got the rally uh, registration started yesterday, and I think it's almost sold out. And then we have a Formula One race to discuss. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, we get to these points in this episode where I'm like, we could probably podcast for another hour, but I don't know. People will probably turn us off and throw their phone in the garbage. Um, what do you got going on the rest of the day, JP? You got a big day? Always things to do with a month before our premiere party uh and the actual premiere there's a lot of elements and promotional stuff i gotta build and all that kind of stuff so nothing interesting at all uh just a lot of busy work (laughs) yeah yeah um how's my boy mikey doing mikey's doing awesome uh he's murdering it over there at uh god and porsche of las vegas of course and we said hello i will do that for sure yeah cool cool all right i think it's trivia lane are you good yeah i am good okay (laughs) <laughs> you disappeared for a second. I didn't know. It's trivia time. Um, JP, you up for a little trivia? Yeah, let's do it. 
You got your trivia pants on or whatever? Uh, oh, certain well, if I have to put pants podcaster. on, I'm yeah, yeah, no, that's, I didn't know there were rules and requirements on. <laughs> um, good news. The uh, Coil Motorsports Gathering has set a date. So Monterey Car Week is officially back on. Mm. This is uh, the, one of the last puzzle pieces to that. Um, they have committed. Things are happening. Um, we're very excited about this. So um, Monterey Car Week, back in action. Now, can you tell me? What two models of vehicle are featured at this year's Quail? What two different makes and models are the, you know, celebration of they this year's event? They go for two, huh? Is this trivia yeah, or uh, predictions? Um, no, have no, they no, announced it? I know it? the answers. I, I know the answers. I'm oh, looking at it. Okay. Have they announced it or is it just, or you got the inside take? You just know. Because you're I the guy. Know. Yeah, that's what I figured. This is the first <laughs> anyone will have heard of it right now. Uh, uh, you guys got got a guess? Probably to, not Nissan. Just... Do I, who, who's answering? I don't know. Go ahead, Lee. You know, either one of you can answer. I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked if you get even oh, close. So you're saying it's really obscure. I will give you uh, um, 70s cars and uh, European. They only made 70s cars? Lancia. These are, these are cars that were featured in the 70s. So you're, you're naming two different vehicles from the 70s that the Quail is featuring. Oh, so vehicles, it's specific not vehicles or, or? Specific vehicles. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say a 240Z because okay. the 400 is coming out. That's my that's my guess. Japan is a far way from Europe, but yes. Okay, go Oh, go shit. It. You said Europe? Yep, yep. We're all listening now. Europe, 70s. Uh, <laughs> A JP You're any up in the seventies. Well, I said Lancia. Right I said Lancia, and you didn't uh, jump at oh, that. I didn't hear so, it. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear it. No, no, no. That's a very good guess. Lancia you're, you're Scorpion, sort of close. Sort of close. Sort of close. All right. Well, then I missed. Um, Volvo. No, I mean, two forty-two GT. That would be a rad choice for the quail. Right. <laughs> I'm going to say nobody comes. Nobody just like com- well, I mean, it's an off Professors right? with like, corduroy jackets yeah. and uh, like a spoken word <laughs> event in the corner. Not the Lancia. Uh, you won't get it. Uh, Fiat, one of those V8 Fiat. Porsche 914. And so is it. It, if I said like Ford Escort from the seventies, that from it, that's considered a European car. Yeah, right? yeah, I would have given you that. No, okay. um, those that's almost too common. A nine fourteen would be too common of a car. Maserati B Turbo. Closer. Um, one of our friends, Paul at Auto Kennel. How, shout, shout out to the old. He was on Bid Nerds this morning. Kennel. We just got off the phone with him. He oh, was, yeah. Wow. So I just got to talk. We're just hanging out with him. He has owned one of these cars, Citroen. Yes, SM. Citroen SM mm. and an Alfa Romeo Montreal. Montreal, wow, those yeah. look those look good together. They I do mean, for sure, and they yeah. they're very seventies um, cool. And just telling you, Paul, if you're listening, you sold your car too early. It's literally going to be celebrated at the Quail. Yeah. I don't know what and that he, means exactly, but and two years ago he drove it to um, our little Radwood thing. That's right. at the at the whatever that thing's called. Maybe ne- maybe next year the quail will celebrate the Isuzu Impulse. He's, that's his big oh. car. Right now. That's his big car. Yeah. He's always ahead it, of the curve. Yeah, he's he'll sell, it, sell he'll that sell before it six then, months. Six I don't know, man. Before. He loves that car. He was uh, he's gonna do a recording with Magnus Walker 
for his show, uh, the next big thing, uh, all about Ooh, his. And they're uh, saying the Zuzu Impulse is the next big That's thing. That's funny. That is That's not ridiculous. a good show either, by the way. That uh, is ridiculous. <laughs> haven't seen it. That's I one of the Haggerty shows. About, yeah, I wax poetic about John's show, and Magnus's next big thing is horrible. Wow. So. Somebody call <laughs> Haggerty and let them know that we have a show that they could syndicate. What the heck? Oh, Haggerty has tons of bad stuff. So Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah so I'd fit right in. Come on. Jeez, all I need to do is grow That's up my dreams. You would dude. lift. You would lift them, dude. You all would lift rising them tide lifts all shift. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what we said. All right. Rising tide. More so trivia. What else little... we got? Let's yep. see here. Do we drink a beer okay. now that we we got it wrong, or do we only no, get to no, drink no. a beer if we you get it get... right? You have to answer uh, another question. That's your that's your prize. This game sucks. Um, I thought I got to drink. This is uh this is tough because you may have covered this on, on bid nerds and I didn't, I haven't watched every episode. So, mm. uh, don't answer if you know, mm. but, uh, bring a trailer recently featured a, probably the first ever Daewoo. It's a 2002 mm. Daewoo Laganza SE. We all know the SE was the one to get. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. 2002 Daewoo sedan. Uh, it's a four cylinder front wheel drive. It's just the Honda Accord competitor. Um, or, or thereabouts Camry whatnot. I did um, see this. Oh, you did. Damn mm-hmm. it. Uh, 47 miles on the odometer. So yeah. this was an as new, and it's brand like new tan car. Or it's the ugly. It's, so it's just gross. a. It's just the a ugly version. Is that what he said? <laughs> the I ugly mean, version, as opposed yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a just, beige on beige. It's just Daewoo, all beige. 2002 Daewoo Laganza with 47 miles total. Um. Wow. So. What does this go for, JP? Are, are you clued into uh, this? What's my result? bid? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember, but but I I don't remember, but I I did see it. So okay, I'm well, gonna JP say I'm gonna say ninety five hundred dollars. And when you say Daewoo, as George Carlin would say, you have to say it like you're on fire. Daewoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. How do you say Laganza? Laganza. Oh. Okay, you've already put the fire out at that point. You're ninety five hundred bucks meds. Uh, for a for a brand new. 20 year old car what'd i go for what did you say lane oh what's your bid lane like 50, you guys are stealing my jam like, what the hell this is well, I, I, I want to say it was like 5500 or something like that 5500 no seven thousand ah. dollars for the nicest day luganza in the united states i don't even know if they offered this elsewhere but uh did you say 55 yeah. or five there uh, lane i think uh i think we just split I said 55 that you said 55 yeah. and i said 95 yeah. Uh, but I had it, prior knowledge, so I definitely lost. Yeah, I don't know. I think we just, I think it was a split. That's a rare split. That's, that happens rarely on Bidner. Some split. We get Yahtzees more often than we get splits. When we guess one right on the money, we call it a Yahtzee. So, um, yeah. That's why Price is Right well, does the, Lane was uh, without going was, over. Oh, thing. Lane was closer, yeah, because 55 Lane and 1500 yeah, and you were he wins. Lane wins. Lane's but, a better uh, bidner than I am, nah. which is for not the day we up, I forgot to say, too, it was optioned with the... Uh, factory spoiler so i didn't i didn't mention that Should have brought oh. that, that does yeah. change things exactly. i would have definitely gone like that was a bargain should have brought more money than that that's yeah. what you need to know all right um <laughs> last one here uh the honda civic is celebrating a birthday what birthday is it oh civic cvcc came out was that 75 or 76 uh, was it earlier than that i don't know yeah i can't do math but uh, what year did that thing come out? I would say 75, if I had to guess. Anyone? Anyone? So you're saying 46 years? You're saying 46 years? I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm just going to go 71, 50 years. 
50 years. 50 years? Was it 70? Yep. Yep. Nice. Uh, Started in uh, the, I think it wasn't released until 73, but they're saying 71 is when it was. Wow. That's when they came Um, out. 71 is my personal vintage. So I'm almost that uh, same. Oh. Um, And so how many generations, this is your trivia. How many generations of Honda Civics are there? I used to know this. I yeah. think I, I trailed off at, at some point here in the Civic world. I think it was probably around 2005. Yeah, or I don't know any of the mo- It's I don't nine know or many. ten. Yeah, it's like nine or ten. So I'm gonna say they just brought out a new Honda Civic. Looks ugly. Um, <laughs> and I'm gonna say I'm gonna go ten. Ten tenth gen. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Warren. I dipped at it like ninety three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're way back <laughs> yeah, there. I don't care. So you dipped out at the fifth generation. They're now on eleven. Wow, eleven oh, generations of so Civic. close, dude. Wow. So close. Um, for 2022, there's a new style that looks. Uh, that's the eleventh gen. It has even more so. radiuses for the same money. Everybody, get your radiuses. It's like car designers <laughs> now. They get paid by the you know the Angle. creases and angles and lines mm-hmm. that they add. And fake vents. And fake, fake vents. vents. Oh so yeah, those are all the five bucks per. Yeah, and and uh, Lane, it has your little Accord C pillar. Hate it. <laughs> and it has that front end's really weird. How like bulbous? It kind of I don't know bulb. Those lines out the grill. Oof. Yeah, it's not great. Nothing's great about it. Those fake vents um, are the automotive equivalent of a lie. That's right. They're just liars. You lied to me. Liars, liars. All right. Liars. Well, that's a podcast. Oh, wow. Um, we will uh, be doing a Patreon, I think. Lane and I will do a little deep dive on the stuff we've been up to this week, including yeah. a Radwood um, NorCal site walkthrough that I did and then oh, yeah. lowrider car show formula one race d- driving along some rally which is almost sold out and uh, and more and I walked to the to the harbor one day nice dude cool. got some good car spotting in though <laughs> the best so, in the world yeah, yeah still yeah. holding the crown yep um yeah JP if you want to do a documentary about the best car spotting in the world <laughs> come to Santa Cruz for a week I'll put you up we'll just drive around in my van again and go sit out and watch cars go by you had me at van again man Perfect. Perfect. All right. And it's a weekender, uh, so it has a table. Oh, yeah, we can sit across oh, from each other and like have coffee, yes. not Keurig. Yeah. <laughs> I am um, in. Wow. You're talking about my perfect weekend. Talk about romance. Jeez, Louise. I was going to say, I was going to say, we can almost see the uh, glow of the ocean. Can we hold hands? So. And, uh, and Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, JP, you're the best. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks, guys. It. Thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate you guys. Uh, and, um, you know, hey, come to Vegas uh, for our party. I'll get you guys VIP tickets. We're going to have a really, really fun screening on the 25th of May. I am uh, I am seriously, I'm looking, I'm, I'm planning on it. So Dude, I rooms will be super cheap because it's a Tuesday night. Yeah. So it's I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. Wednesday or Tuesday? It's a Tuesday night. It's the 25th okay. is a Tuesday okay. night. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah cool. could do that. All right, let's talk. All we'll right, talk. Yeah. all right. Yep. All right, all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Later. Thanks, fellas. See ya.